Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it is. The machine appears uncomplicated, but the theories governing, governing its motion are nightmarish. Some things can't be easily defined by physics and mathematics. The interactions of the body, mind, muscles, terrain, gravity, air and the bicycle are so complex that they defy exact mathematical solutions. The feel and handling of a bike borders on art, like a violin. It's been largely designed by touch, inspiration and experimentation. Yes, and here we are on Radio 3CR, the Yarrabag Bug Radio Show. Show about bikes, riding them, fixing them, loving them. We've got a big show coming up today. We're going to talk about how do you hand make a violin. I mean, sorry, a bicycle. And we've got a big show coming up in Melbourne, the Handmade Bike Show. And we've got a, uh, one of the planners and one of the builders here today to share... All those little tricks about how do I make that violin, I mean that bicycle, sing for what I wanted to do. Many thanks to the Democracy Now, Amy Goodman. It's a beautiful autumnal day here in Melbourne, just the beginning of what I reckon usually is the best couple of months here in Melbourne, and probably the best couple of months to be riding a bike. Faith, good morning. Good morning, Val. Good morning, uh, Michael. Good morning. And good morning, Ben. Good morning. Welcome to our little... We're just a little quiet group talking about bike fanatics here, you realise that. (laughs) Uh, We should move on. There's a little bit... uh, First off, I'm sorry. um, uh, First off, we're going to slide into our couple of bike moments and I'm going to lead forward. I'm going to be at the front of the pack breaking the wind for everybody, so let's go. (laughs) I ride the same, virtually the same commute to work every day. I ride a different route on the way home. 
but as your years build up, you notice that you see the same people or chat to them at the red lights and, you know, have a look at the uh, bicycle. For the last three years, there's been somebody either rides past me so quickly I can't get a look at the bike or I actually just never see them at all. And it's a wonderful old rally, I would suggest, from about the late 60s. One of those lovely step-through bikes built with 24-inch wheels, the old 24-inch wheel, which lives still today in wheelchairs, so that wheel size is still around. And it seems to be in its original condition. But this one woman rides it so fast that I cannot see what... <laughs> see, I can see the bike's either green or grey, but never get a really good glimpse of it. It's really <laughs> quite... Uh, I only bring it up because it happened yesterday. So, I mean, it happened on Saturday morning. She went past me, got the green light, I got stuck at the red. By the time <laughs> I get through the red, she's gone. gone. You know, And it's just one of those. It just looks exactly original. Some things are meant to be a mystery, Val. I know, I know. It's a mystery about why it's still going. Yeah. Well, it's not really. You see a fair few of them. You're right. I daren't solve that problem. Faith? Uh, I had a bike moment. Um, it was one of those ones that wasn't actually on a bike, but um, my son, who's 14, and he's uh, uh, always been resolutely against vintage stuff, and he's sort of his, his thing has been... Well, that old crap is your thing, Mum. I'm not into it. I like new stuff. And he's going through several bikes. Like It just seems like every six months he needs a new bike and we're shuffling him through. He's gone through all mine, which are now too small for him, and getting him through. And he finally said, for my next bike, I'd like a vintage road bike, which after I picked myself up off the floor, we started looking around for different options. And then I remembered a steel road bike I have that's a bit big for me, but... I didn't like to get rid of um, faded pink quite Europa, quite a bit of rust, but very nice. And it usually sits on the trainer. That's all I end up using it for. So we decided to try that for him and um, it turned out to be too big. But there was one point where I said to him, are you sure this is what you want? And he pointed to it and said, look at it. Who wouldn't? What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought my work here is done. <laughs> You're successful as a parent already. I can relax <laughs> now. <laughs> Michael, you got a moment to share with us? Well, a couple really. That's right. We uh, recently acquired, to lug things around at the events we do, a cargo bike. So last week I got my first few days mucking around on a cargo bike, which was a pretty cool experience, yeah. apart from the fact I almost took myself over a couple of times because <laughs> they handle like sails and they have no centre of gravity, but it's brilliant. It's fun. And what style of cargo bike was it? Well, we bought it secondhand over a Danish guy who'd had three kids in it uh-huh. until they were about 11. So we've spray-painted it and fixed it up because yep. we have no idea what it was to begin with, uh-huh. but we've turned it into a sort of funky single speed thing so couldn't tell you anything about its provenance but it's had a good first life and yep. it's going to have a good second life as we're trying to do burnouts down gravel driveways at wineries and stuff yep. so uh first guy on a cargo bike but uh i reckon i'm a bit hooked really <laughs> the back fest one box in the front that's the one yeah go. that's yeah. the one it's a good way to like stuff around an event site really yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they're good for they're, yeah. they're a good second car 
that's I yeah. think a lot of people in inner Melbourne seem to be finding. It's, yeah. Yeah. And when we're talking about moving things through cars, um, there's a Blaine's Cargo Company here runs five or six of those cargo bikes around the city for all those small courier jobs, florists yeah. especially from one place right to the door, not parking the white van at 50 metres down the road and walking through. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, while we're discussing custom bicycles, I think probably it's a little bit back in January now, but we went to the Tour Down Under with a bunch of our customers um, that have our bikes. And it was, you know, as an engineer and a, and a bike builder, it was such a satisfying moment to be riding through the hills of Adelaide early in the morning with a group of 11 or 12 of people on our bikes and hearing what they think about them and seeing just the wide range okay they all look like a like a bastion but they've each put their own personal touch on it and knowing personally why they did that and and how they did that was um yeah it's a really a really high level of uh job satisfaction i think that you get you get out of that and seeing the joy on their faces and and experiencing that together so that was probably my most memorable uh moment in recent recent times that would be a fairly continually giving idea wouldn't it yeah and i think it's we're it's why we do it, really. You know, is for that is for that experience. I mean, that's that's the reward for all the the hard work, bringing that sort of bringing that level of connection to their bike to someone, and to marry the two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be very satisfying, I would imagine. Mm. I, don't, I don't think a lot of people get to have that relationship with the end customer of their work. No, no. Mm-hmm. no. Yeah, you can, I mean, yeah, true. I won't uh, go there <laughs> on. We're going to... Um, uh, <laughs> Are we taking a break? Or? We should take a break. Oh, we'll do, we didn't really want to do much news, so we'll do a little bit of news and then we can start the rest of the time on the Handmade Bike Show that's coming up in Melbourne. Um, Cameron Meyer won his fifth, I think, um, world title in the points race at the moment. I think he's lining up for the Madison either today or tomorrow. Um, the only... Uh, the What was the other thing? The There's been a bit of... Fairfax Media seems to be taking a bit of a set against cyclists. If anybody's seen the video of the pedestrian getting uh, bowled over on uh, Racecourse Road. Um, it seems to be something where pe- both people aren't paying attention, but then to launch into a registration drive is a bit mm. beyond the pale. I think the cyclist was paying attention because he braked pretty hard. He did too. Uh, anyway. Anyway, we will be back after this bit. Oh. Sorry, Faith. I have to keep going. No, no, one of the uh, the wheels is out. We'll uh, move on. Um, well, in the studio today, we've got Michael from the Handmade Bicycle Show that's coming up in Melbourne, and Ben from Bastion Cycles, one of the exhibitors. And I guess the first thing I thought when I saw the Handmade Bicycle Show pop up somewhere um, was, "Great, it's back!" Yes. How did that come about? Well, there's a short story and a long story to that one. <laughs> the long story is around a lifelong love affair with the bike. The short story is uh, having some friends in the the industry who make bikes, gentlemen like Daryl McCulloch, who's the well and bikes yep. up in Brisbane and Ewan Gelly here in Melbourne, and having had some custom-made bikes myself over the years. And uh, 
chatting to to Daryl and you and last year who were keen to see it come back after a bit of a a break. So uh, I think we all are. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there's some beautiful stuff out there. So we had a bit of a a good think about it and a look at it late last year and decided that. It should be done, it needed to be done, that there was a whole lot of interesting stuff going on out there with old builders, uh, old in the sense of uh, having been doing it for 20 or 30 years, and new builders in the sense of innovative new technologies where people like Ben come into the picture. But also we feel this steady growth in the bike culture, certainly in Melbourne. We see it in places like Brisbane and Adelaide as well perhaps not so much in Sydney at the moment, which is a place unto itself. So ready, fire, aim, we thought, let's do yep. this. So we put it out uh, to all the builders around the country late last year, around December, and got a really overwhelming response, basically. Found a fantastic venue, which is the Meat Market in Blackwood Street in North Melbourne, which is a, a beautiful spot. It's uh, 1850s, was originally the Meat Market, but it's now designed for exhibitions and shows like this. It works really well because all those, the different butcher's sections can actually be separate exhibitors. Yeah, Yeah, it's been turned into this fantastic space and chapeau to the City of Melbourne for preserving this sort of thing and making it accessible. So we think we've got a great venue. We got a a fantastic response from the, the makers, as we like to call them, of not just the bikes but the accessories so much so that the list we built to go out to at the end of last year, we got about 20 additionals inquiring yep. about it, and it's full. We've got 23 exhibitors there, which will do us nicely for, for year one of the return show, and there's, I think, about eight or nine on the wait list now, and there's yep. some more space at the meat market for, for year two, and a whole lot of people have said we'd, we want to be there, but we need a bit more time because we're an American company or the like, and yep. uh, we've said we want the builder, the maker, the designer to be there, so they need a bit more lead time to do that. So that's one thing I found interesting. You've got exhibitors from all over Australia but also from overseas. Mm. Well, so. it's a celebration of the bespoke bicycle and, and yeah. the people who do it. So, But it's so rare for Australians to, <clears throat> unless you actually go overseas yourself to one of the sh- big shows, to mm. see the overseas makers. I mean, there's only one or two who come regularly to do bike fits and show off their wares. So that's I think that's a real draw card for locals. Yeah, we're, we're excited by it. We were really heartened by the response, actually, and uh, the, the North American Handmade Bike Show is huge now. Yeah. But a whole lot of them are paying attention to what's happening in Australia, and we may not be a huge country by population, but we hit way above our weight in the world of bikes, I think, and people sort of think about Australia as a bike place and there's a lot of uh, builders around the world who are really interested in what's happening Mm. here and so it was a a really encouraging response and it's really good that they're willing to make the effort to pay their airfares and get their way out here and so forth and uh, we know there's a number who said well we can't do it in 2018 but count us in for 2019 as well. So it's going to be held over the three days? Yep, so the 27th to the 29th of April, so a couple of months away, there is a website which is handmadebicycleshow.cc which gives all the details of the where, what, who, why, when and ticket purchase and all that sort of gump is there as well. Yeah. So Friday night, which is sort of a relaxed after-work gig, um, you get a beer as part of your entry, so the whole idea is to cool. kick back on a Friday <laughs> night and then all day Saturday and all day Sunday. 
Mm. Now, Ben, first, before we start on Bastion Bicycles, happy birthday to Bastion Bicycles. Yeah, thank you. Three, yeah. How many years now? Three years today. Three years today. Since we founded the, the company, yeah. And you're still going? That's a big plus? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when you look at things, a lot of people start small businesses. Yeah, apparently 60% of small businesses fail in the first three years is something I've heard, so we're... We're in the top 40% at least. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask is, this is the first handmade bike show you've been part of? Uh, no, we've we've attended uh, NABs in America and Bespoked in the UK, and we were at the um, the bike show in Australia in um, Darabin uh, back in oh, yeah. 15. So yeah. we're, we're reasonably seasoned um, at bike shows. The, yep. Yeah. What I'm sort of... Um, trying to get to is we've got a collection of how many, the 20, how many exhibitors this year? 23. 23. You've got 23 people mostly doing what you're doing. The collaboration, the picking up of ideas because you're all in one spot, is that a big thing? Um, look, the shows really have a, you know, a wide, I guess, range of things that happen at them. Um, definitely networking is is one of them. You meet other builders and... Sometimes collaborative efforts come out of it. We, we did an effort uh, collaboration with Demon Frameworks in the UK, um, partly after meeting him at Bespoke. Um, and so those sorts of things come out, and that's sort of the trade show side of it. But I think more so it's about just creating awareness about um, custom bicycles. I think you get a wide range of people that come to the show. You get some people who are enthusiasts. They already know all the brands that are there. Um, they're just coming to meet the maker. Maybe they've never had a chance to meet the maker. But then, you know, I think most importantly, it's about getting people aware that there are these other sorts of bicycles out there that aren't made by the, the larger uh, yeah. brands and that it's not such a daunting, I guess, experience to buy one. I think a lot of people are scared. They're like, well, I'm not really you know, that experienced. I'm not really that much of a bicycle enthusiast. Like, I love riding, but I don't... I'm not into all the technical aspects of a bike. You know, I'll just take one off the shelf and, and ride that. But it's really about trying to, I guess, educate people about just how much better it can be um, on, a, on a bike that's made just for them. We seem to have a, a reflex to say, oh, you know, if I'm getting a custom-made bike, I'm, it's a little bit sort of, you know... A, a vanity project in some ways yeah but if you look at a lot of cyclists with badly fitted bikes and a stock bike that might be their right size but obviously it doesn't work for them this they're a little bit ten, um, hesitant about going to a custom bike builder yeah i think for some people it is quite daunting um we try to break that down that barrier and give it as much um give them as much information and really involve them in the process so they learn as as part of it but yeah, I think a lot of people are daunted by it, but I, I think it's a really rewarding experience um, to go through. Yeah. Then just one other thing. I'm not sure whether you can answer this. I get a lot of people who respond to riding the same bike. Somebody would call it responsive and another person would call it twitchy. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, it's very subjective what people say, what they mean by it. But uh, we have some characteristics, um, very sort of simplified characteristics that we use to design a bike and we share those with the customer and so we sort of <clears throat> divide steering characteristics into two parts so there's the speed of the steering or probably what maybe someone means twitchy and then the agility or the responsiveness of the bike and so one is 
how quickly does the steering I guess move when you when you counter steer or, or yep. push on it and then the other one is once you've steered the bike how quickly does the bike change direction and we call we more call that the responsiveness of a bike yeah and what's your favorite color for a bicycle oh it changes all the time um I think naturally I lean towards the more classical blacks and greys and titanium and, and raw material and I think that's why our base bikes are mostly that but you know we they're a blank canvas and the customers have started adding a lot of color to them and some of them are great um yeah I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm really agnostic when it comes to to color yeah We seem to have a bit, um, you know, on a general thing that we seem to be becoming more very colour orientated. Mm. Um, the rise of what's the American company that produces the colour of the year? Pantone. Pantone, yeah. and they did a tangerine orange about four or five years ago, and two years after that, the bike world's flooded with tangerine orange bikes. And and the green mm. that's coming in now, where the emerald green was last year or the year before's colour from Pantone and, and suddenly there's a lot of green bikes yes. appearing. It's, uh, yeah. It's interesting. Some, sometimes somebody comes into the shop and says, oh, look, I'm, I want a commuter bike or touring bike. I'm not sure which one. And the first question I ask them is, what colour do you want it? Oh, it doesn't matter. I said, you watch. It'll matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben, how long before I order a bike do I ride one? Um, with us, it's about 12 to 12 weeks, roughly. Yeah, approximately. Mm. And do people come to these shows expecting to place an order or is it really just that introductory sort of getting to know you and then you... Um, in my experience, we've never had an order placed on yeah. the spot. I think um, large amounts of money, um, yeah. typically. So we've... But we've had people then come back to us afterwards yeah. to come and get a fit done and, and place a deposit. So, um, yeah, I think it it's probably – other maybe other builders have different experiences. I think it really depends on um, on the show and the people that come to it and what yeah. they're coming for. Um, so if you're thinking about um, maybe a custom bike but you're not sure which builder's going to suit you or be a good match, this is a, a good opportunity to come along and – hear all their stories and meet them and yeah i think different bikes resonate with different people yeah. and different people like different materials so you've got your carbon nuts and your titanium and your steel and wood for that matter we've yep. got two makers there who make bikes out of wood yep. which uh, i've not actually ridden one and i'm looking forward to it because i've no idea how they handle but they're beautiful yeah so i think the whole idea of the meet the maker thing is to find out what resonates with you because mm. the whole point of a, a bespoke bike is it's bespoke for you so yeah. get what you like and what fits you really well and what just f fits your personality your psyche basically yeah mm. yeah and i think you know they're not cheap having a bike custom built for you but when you see what some people spend on a mass-produced bike i mean you you could easily spend the same amount and on something that's just yeah on yeah. the shop floor. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. overlap, um, at, you know, between the sort of the entry-level custom and the sort of higher end of um, mass-produced. Yeah. You know, there's some builders that can build you one for even sort of mid-priced mass-produced range, um, yeah. depending on the, the materials that they're using. So, um, yeah, it's just breaking down that that barrier for people and, and I guess getting them to realise that there is another another option and it's a good one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are differences, but... 
as Michael said, it's about you know the best bike for you is the one that makes you want to ride it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and mm. that's not always the lightest one. It's not always the no. the um, the highest tech one. But you know, it's if you yeah. And I think once you've gone through that process, you know, you really you really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, we think there's a, an awareness process in this as well in that there's so many builders out there and it ranges from really sort of significant, impressive, polished organisations and I'd say Ben's one of those. I understand marketing and visibility and there's others who are consciously one-man bands yeah. in, a, in a workshop out mm. the back. So part of our job is to actually be a, a marketing channel for them so people know they exist. Mm. Michael, any um, handmade bike show, Any? how long do you think before you'd be doing technical trials on the bikes that are in show? Uh, I, I think want... pretty soon. Um, yeah. Because it's the first time for us, yeah, and yeah. the show's had a break for a few years, so I've done a lot of on-road cycling events from the UCI Road World Championships through the Sun Tour and Triathlon and stuff, but not this. So the first year is a consciously keep it simple principle to make yep. sure we pour the slab, if you like. Yep. We already have a wait list for year yep. two, which is very yep. encouraging. So I think that we'll come away with a set of ideas and, and learnings from the first year and things like that will get on the radar pretty quickly. And, in fact, we're already speaking to, to people like Ben and so forth about what sort of activities can happen around it, be it bike rides with a particular brand or mm-hmm. uh, dinner with the builders. So yeah. I think we'll see stuff happening in a small way in year one. But, but after that, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll debrief and we'll share everyone's ideas, and I'm sure... Val and Faith will have some riffer ideas as well. And, and <laughs> yeah, year one's always about year two with an event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure they work. <laughs> ben, the other thing is, is it possible for you not to put any of your personality in a bike you build? Um, oh, well, I, yes and no. Um, I guess we see it as a, as a blank canvas, I guess. We've sort of designed the bike to be structurally... Um, sound and yep. perform in an area in a range of characteristics that yep. that we know makes a, a good, safe, uh, fun to ride bike. But then within there, we allow the customer to put their, I guess, nuance on it, their their tune. So yep. someone might like something more to the stable side or more to the responsive side of, of the handling. Um, someone might want bigger tyre capability or not. Um, so yes, I guess our ethos is in there in the base design but then from that point on we we really release it to the customer and let them and let them sort of tune it how they like it Mm. and have you ever i was talking to a friend recently who uh in designs interiors and we visited a place she had done and the client has now been there for a while and started adding their own touches and there were moments of tension for her in um so the the clash between some of the client's editions and her original, what she'd been commissioned to do. And we were talking about that point where you just have to let go because you've handed it over. And so do you often find the you're like in Adelaide on that ride through the hills with your customers, um, do you find that disconnect between where they've gone with the bike or do you find that you've they've been able to create a space where, you know, you're all comfortable together. I think 
we're we're probably lucky in the sense that we're engineers by background and not artists or designers. Yep. I think we feel as engineers, you're engineering your products for someone, mm-hmm. and it's not so much. I mean, it is our expression. You know, that's how we express ourselves. We are quite creative and sort of see it. We have a phrase, engineering a new art form. But for yeah. us, we are engineers, and so I think engineers. Um, Control that if, if someone tried to do something that affected the structural integrity mm-hmm. or the um, <laughs> or the stability or the handling of the bike to a point where it was dangerous, then we would really feel uncomfortable about that. Like yeah. we would say, "No, please take that off or, or do that." Yeah. But um, you know, even to the case, I, I guess you know, some some com- customers have put on carbon rotors, carbon fiber rotors, to get the weight of their bike down, and you know, people have questioned us over that and. Well, we don't. We don't know. We've never tried them, and it's their bike. And as long yep. as they're being safe, we've. And I've sent messages to say, "Hey, guys, you know, you know, just take it easy yep. on those for a little bit." And they've all said, "Look, they're working fine." So, um, yeah, not not really. No, no. I mean, definitely, there's moments where I personally wouldn't do that with my bike, but it's it's not my bike. It's no. their bike, and it's that's bike. you know, we're just um, we're just the builder of their bike. Yeah, yeah. you're like the arrow, like the bow. Once you fire the fire arrow. Fire the arrow. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because you're steady but, and strong, yeah, the yeah. arrow should go the right spot. But once it, you let it go, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we have got a little bit too esoteric about bicycles sometimes, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, not to put a too fine a point on that joy can come from a harsh backpedal single-speed bike, mm. and it can come from a lot of different bikes. We'll all look forward to seeing the show. Uh, for we'll those put- who want to check out more details about the show, they can go to handmadebicycleshow.cc <clears throat> and we'll also put the link up with the podcast so that you can see where to buy tickets for the different days and there's also lists about all the makers and builders involved. Thank you. Um, coming up very briefly, we'll just mention this week it is International Women's Day and on March the 8th there is the annual International Women's Day Alley Cat in Melbourne. Um, if you Google March 8th Alley Cat, you'll find the Facebook event for it. It will be um, also put up with our podcast, a link directly to it. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much to Michael and Ben for coming into the studio. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. So if you'd like to subscribe or make a donation, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.